Big Sky, Big Potential. This is Eastern Promise. I can confirm that the cakes at the Goat Shed Cafe are out of this world. I can also confirm that this is a clunky and obvious link to our next feature, the Agritech E and Norfolk Suffolk Unlimited Showcase for the applications and implications for agriculture from the technology of space. Gillian Munson of the New Anglia Local Enterprise Partnership, absolutely with you foursquare on the ambition to build a space cluster in Norfolk and Suffolk. You've got the launch of the space strategy for those two counties coming up very, very shortly. Have I encapsulated your aim for today? What more, what more do you want to add? Uh, thanks, Mike. I think, look, we're really excited by the opportunity to build a cluster here. I think um, we don't talk about the space sector enough in our neck of the woods in Norfolk and Suffolk. And I think we, the more we talk about it, the more we see companies coming out of the woodwork who are involved in space tech, satellite applications, involved in other sectors that are using the technologies that are coming from space. And I think this is the thing we want to do. We want to have a joined up conversation with business, with industry, with research, academia, with government, and really build a strong ecosystem in our in our region. And importantly, we're we're building relationships with the UK Space Agency, with ESA, the European Space Agency, the Satellite Applications Catapult. We've got some exciting plans that are bubbling away at the moment, which there will be some announcements on in the coming weeks, um, particularly in relation to think, sectors like Agritech. And this is why we're here today to support this event. So, so yeah, and the 10th of March is our kind of real kickoff launch event. So that's at Adastral Park. So we'll look forward to kind of maybe talking a bit more and promoting that more as we, as we move forward. What an exciting time to be on the ground floor or something like this. It is. I mean, people talk a lot about space in the UK and there's some established clusters in the UK. Um, people talk a lot about Cornwall and Scotland. Um, there's a lot of focus on launch. Uh, for us in the east of England, it's probably more about the downstream applications. We have some launch opportunities here with companies like Gravity Lab. Um, so we're working closely with them to talk about microgravity launch opportunities. But actually, it's the downstream applications which we get particularly excited about. It's the application of technology to things like agritech, to marine science, to offshore energy, all of the sectors that we are very strong in, in our, as a region and we've got very strong clusters. So if we can kind of join the dots on some of that and promote the tech and the space applications to support the growth of those sectors, then uh, that's going to grow the economy. Eastern Promise, absolutely four square behind that ambition, as I say. Julian Munson, the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mike. Tell me your name, first of all, because I'm going to yeah. pronounce that and get it completely wrong. Brian, it's Brian Jelinski-Smith. Brian Jelinski-Smith of Gravity Lab, yes. based at the former RAF Coltishall site. Correct. And you, we, uh, we saw you in the, uh, the space safari that we, we, we sort of moonwalked our way through earlier. And what a fa- fascinating story of uh, using microgravity not ju- for, for multiple applications, not just for agritech. But what, what kind of story do you want to convey to the people at this agritech event today? Really that testing in a lab is no longer the... Uh, the stopping point for your development. What you can do now is you can access a lab environment, but access that lab environment free from gravity. And by utilising the services that Gravity Lab offer, you can then access space environments and microgravity environments free from gravity and free from the constraints that you would have within a Earth-based uh, laboratory. And that's to see what effect that gravi- taking away of gravity can have 
to bring things back down to earth. We're not talking about just, you know, looking at things in orbit. We are talking about taking out gravity. What does that do and how can we apply that back on earth? Yeah, correct. So um, by removing gravity, you can unlock a lot of potential uh, for further developments. So you can look at uh, how protein crystallizes um, and how you can speed that process up by removing, say, gravity. You can look at how materials um, form or degrade quicker because you can also accelerate the life of things within uh, within a space environment. So you can see what the reaction of, uh, you know, over a period of time is. But in short duration so you don't have to have that long duration cycle here on earth and you can develop a lot of materials you can do a lot of 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 interesting physical physics fundamentals and, and and that research in space which you cannot do here on earth because it's on earth this is where gravity is omnipresent so it's always around us so by removing that constant you then unlock a world of potential to um, unleash new products new services new ideas new innovations and bringing that back down to earth to then better our life on earth well you can't get better than that if people want to find out more about gravity lab where should they go well they can go to gravitylab.space and that's gravitylab g-a-r-v-i-t-i lab.space go there have a look, get in contact. Professor Ian Parry, and I'm going to get this right, Super Sharp Space Systems. There you go. We saw a fantastic video, and it's still playing now on your laptop here, of basically uh, a telescope in space folding, folding itself out from, uh, I would imagine, a much smaller size than it started. So tell us more about Super Sharp Space Systems. Okay, we... So we, um, we spun out of Cambridge University because I'm from the Institute of Astronomy, actually. So I'm interested in telescopes because I want to point them at the sky. Uh, but I realized that to develop the technology, it would be good to start thinking about applications where you turn the telescope around and point it at the ground. So that's how I got involved in spinning out a company which is uh, providing technology for Earth observation. And I'm here at the Agritech E event today because it has applications for um, precision agriculture. There are some really fascinating applications. You demonstrated, for example, crops. Uh, you'd be able to detect by satellite which crops needed uh, proper irrigation. They weren't getting enough water. You also, I mean, I mean Belinda can't hear me, so I'm going to stray slightly from the, from the brief, but, uh, you know, military applications, uh, you know, climate change applications. And uh, we were talking to the Tyndall Climate uh, Research Institute only yesterday uh, about uh, climate change, as you would imagine, and uh, what is the, is the? There doesn't seem to be much of a limitation. Are there any limitations? There's definitely a very large, widespread range of applications for this. I mean, another one that you, you didn't mention there was is wildfires as well. Indeed. So, um, we're just to be clear, we're, we're, our technology is focused on thermal infrared imaging. So it's not the normal imaging you you would do with your eyes or with, a, with your uh -huh. camera, it's, uh, it's heat mapping in, um, imaging. So it's the, the sort of thermal cameras that people were using to try and spot people who had COVID, for example, that kind of thing, where you can spot a hot person uh, with a camera that's basically sensitive to heat. So we, a picture with our camera basically tells you the temperature of every little pixel in the image. That's why we have all these different applications where you're looking for temperature differences or, or heat generation. So, um, yeah, it does have a lot of applications, yeah. yeah. So whereabouts in Cambridge are you based? Wearing my university hat, I'm based at the Institute of Astronomy. Mm -hmm. uh, wearing my company hat, we're based just outside Cambridge in Waterbeach. 
how many sort of points of articulation, how long does it take you to get something folding out of a, of a box like that? I mean, obviously in space, there's not much to, you know, not much in the way of friction, but how much kind of investment to get that kind of miniaturization and telescoping technology? The investment, um, we're, yeah, roughly speaking, we think we're going to get our technology in space for a demonstration for perhaps um, something like five million pounds. Yeah. Right. That's the sort of level of investment. Uh, and until we've got it working in space, uh, it's difficult to get people to fully believe that it's going to work and then invest in it. But we, so we think, we hope that when it works, it's going to be quite a disruptive technology and people will go, oh my goodness, this is really cool. But until you get it in space and take pictures from space, you haven't quite got to that stage. Yeah. So, so about five million, we think, to, to get us to that important milestone. Yeah. Well, it looks fascinating. You've, you've got so much detail here and, you know, we need that kind of data. We need that kind of information to tell us about all the things you highlighted. But in an agricultural field, to, you know, we're, we're, we're at a place where the earth is getting hotter. We need to we need to make sure we can get the crops we need out of the ground. And, you know, we, we won't always be able to, you know, it can't all be about vertical farms and underground farming like they have in London. We are still going to need to grow things in fields. So, you know, this is this is vital. Professor Ian Parry, thank you for listening to me whitter on a bit there. And uh, all the best to you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, my pleasure. Well, here I am with, with ground control on this. We've, we've had the Space Safari. What a wonderful networking idea to get around all these companies doing such amazing things and they're coming to share that news with us. Belinda Clark, Dr. Belinda Clark, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for putting this on. What was the inspiration for this? I think for a number of years, actually, we've been struck by the fact that there isn't a farm that isn't using space technology in some form, whether to steer tractors or to track machinery or livestock or monitor crops. And it felt like there was a really interesting interface where space tech can meet agritech. And then the New Anglia LEP has some really exciting aspirations for a space tech cluster. So it was a no-brainer that we would put this event on together to really explore where, what could we do in that interface. It seems, it, it seems to me very much that you, you sort of scratch the surface and then you suddenly realise that the number of companies working in the space and, and that, that must, that must as, as well as providing an, a lot of inspiration for a day like this, that must not only make you feel really good about the, the sector you're working in but give a lot of opportunities for agritechy to really shine a light on those businesses. Absolutely. One of the things we've been doing over the last year is looking at other sectors that have got technologies that we can apply in agriculture. And space tech is a great example of that. I think one of the speakers today said, you know, space tech is just aeroplanes that go really, really high. Mm. Um, And being able to just mine the opportunities and find that common ground for where agritech can look into the space sector to go, do you know what? We've got some really major challenges here and you can help us is just a fantastic, exciting thing to do. And it's, and it's exciting to be at the early stages of building a cluster because you really know, um, you've really got the opportunity to sort of build it the way you want to build it and have it be of the benefit you want it to have. And for someone like yourself who, who has this kind of across the region brief, uh, a, a bit slightly wider than perhaps the LEP does, what, what extra added value uh, does that have, that, that ability to look slightly wider than just Norfolk and Suffolk, but across to Cambridgeshire and Essex as well and, and all other parts? 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we've, we've got members from all over the world at Agritech E, um, but you're right, our, our roots, pun intended, uh, are very much in the east of England. And yeah, I mean, the company that we're standing next to here, Sharp Systems, that's a spin-out for the University of Cambridge. We also have the Lincoln Agri-Robotics capability again and the uh, Space Safari. So that wider perspective, you know, no, no man is an island and no county has it all. In fact, no country has it all. And this is an area where we need global collaboration, as we were hearing from one of the speakers today. It's, it's, a, it's a race, but it's not against each other. It's against uh, what, what we've done to the planet and how we can harness a more sustainable space industry to create a more sustainable agritech industry. What's next for Agritechy? Where are you, go, are you going next from this? How are you growing out from this? So we have our busy events uh, schedule. So we'll be doing a lot of other events, uh, including space tech. What we would like to do is to pick up on some of the conversations we've been having today to see how we can get some actionable insights on farm, because it's always very easy to get really excited about the technology. But what does that mean for the farmers? So really digging a bit deeper, again, pun intended, <laughs> as to what the impact could be on farm is, I think, something we're going to be looking at with some of the speakers we've heard today. Well, it's agri-tech-e.co.uk if you want to find out more. Belinda Clark, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. My thanks to Belinda, Julian and all the attendees. And we look forward to the East of England leading the way on marrying stardust with the salt of the earth.